1: Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It is Wednesday, October 14th, 2015. I'm DJ Trainer, joined as always on Wednesdays by Josh Hayes. You can find Josh on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS. And on Twitter, you can find me absolutely nowhere. My Twitter account was shut down last week for suspicious activity outside of my hands. So maybe next week I'll have a new Twitter handle for everyone to follow at me or follow me. At it's it's really unfortunate, Josh. Um, you know, you know. Maybe next week I can, I can get that going. What happened to your Twitter
2: account? This is scandalous. We have to we have to address this immediately. So.
1: Yeah, so what happened? I just go to favorite a tweet one day, and then mm-hmm. I, I clicked favorite tweet, and it said this action cannot be performed. We think it's suspicious activity. Look into things further. I'm not able to do anything. I guess somebody hacked into my account and just started doing a bunch of crazy stuff. And so I said, well, you know what? No, no problems. I'll I'll figure this out. This happens to people. I've seen it happen to famous people. Mm-hmm. And the only thing you need is is you know is to do the account verification to the email address you set it up with. I was early to the game with Twitter, and so mm-hmm. it was like eight years ago or something crazy. It was my very first Hotmail address that also was shut down for suspicious activity. <laughs> so I have no way to recover my Twitter list, and you know, the, you know those, uh, you know, hundred plus followers—they're just all gone. Oh. And and I wish there was a way to just move them over to my new account, but I think I'm going to just start from scratch next week. So uh, for those listening, next week I might drop it, drop it on air for the first time, and you might be my very first. Follow- followers, see if I can get back up into the uh, hundreds, two hundreds. Uh, I guess I can lie about how many I had. Hopefully I can get my 40,000 followers back. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Anyways, thanks so much for joining us. This is a five days a week podcast, if you haven't noticed. New hosts every week, or every day of the week, I should say. Yesterday, maybe you caught me and Nick Whalen on Tuesday's podcast. We talked about rookies and how about pretty much how I don't draft rookies, ever in anything but dynasty formats if you want to check that out go ahead and give it a listen on itunes or stitcher while you're there feel free to leave us a nice review today me and josh are going to talk about our all sleeper teams and our do not draft lists without further ado josh why don't we just start with our point guards we each have different all sleeper teams i'll let you kick it off and we'll just we'll
2: just kick it off with the point guards well, I'm going to go with a reigning dunk champ here, and Zach Levine. And just sort of a, a little point of disclosure here: he played a fair amount of point guard last season, so he should be point guard eligible across um, all season long sites. But currently, he's slotted to play alongside Ricky Rubio at the two. I'm hoping that something, um, you know, something I don't say something bad happens to Ricky Rubio, but it's just like Minnesota management wakes up. And realizes that they just need to give Zach Levine the keys to the car, and they would be better off with Kevin Martin and Zach Levine in the lineup rather than Ricky Rubio dominating the ball. I love the fact that you know Rubio is a great uh, distributor, but he's just. Pretty much bad everywhere else in terms of fantasy, in terms of defense, shooting, what, whatever you you want to you know slate him on. He's he's super efficient from a point guard aspect, but Zach Levine to me has a little Russ Westbrook swag in him, and I want to see him have uh, that ability. And he's not going to be able to get that if he has to play off the ball at the two behind Rubio. So love him for the upside. In uh, he's shown that he. Um, can be uh, a go-to guy, but I think uh, I think we maybe might have talked about this a little bit last week on some show. Uh, there's so many different shows that I've been on between <laughs> now and then. Somewhere on air, some uh, I, I talked about Zach Levine um, potentially being uh, or who put I think put up like. Like thirty and eleven on the Warriors, so uh, like in the last week or two of the season in two thousand fourteen slash fifteen. So, um, I don't. I'm not saying he's going to be you know twenty five a night or anything like that, but the price tag is very affordable. I think he's got like a thirteenth round ADP or something like that. And you know now that he's going to be starting over Kevin Martin, I'm all in. Right. So Kevin Martin might be the wild card. So you, Kevin
1: Martin obviously can start at the shooting card position in the NBA. He's done it quite a bit. Pretty, pretty underwhelming for a career maybe based on expectations uh, Josh, I'm gonna, I'm just going to point you out here, to close the season uh, Levine had 37 points against the Warriors um, so just short of that 40 he played 45 minutes in that game had 9 rebounds and 4 assists he had a really, really impressive end to the season, and for mm-hmm. a 19 year old rookie last year, I think there's a lot of room for improvement, and in terms of sleepers, I think he's a great A sleeper, since he has that point guard Eligibility quick little Levine story, me and my buddy Zach Patterson, who nobody should know that name except Zach Patterson, uh, always go on a big road trip every single year and this year we we swung down to Arizona, drove up the coast of California all the way up to Seattle, came back, and he dropped me back in Madison when we were in the middle of Washington state, we were at a gas station, and I was just pumping my gas, and I see this guy get out of an escalade, he walks into the gas station. And I'm like, that's an NBA player. And I'm trying to find his, see his face. He comes out of the gas station, and it's Zach Levine. And nice. I'm thinking, I have to talk to him. We're like out in the middle of nowhere. He's mm-hmm. rolling deep. He has an Escalade. He has a Beamer. He has like five guys with him. He has maybe three girls were with him, so a big crew. And I couldn't think of anything to say. So as you know, as I walked by, I just said, hey, Zach, you're the man, man. And then he just shot up the deuces to me and said, appreciate it, bro, appreciate it. And that was it. That was my little Zach Levine story in the middle of Washington State. And so uh, um, if he goes on to have an amazing season, he's got the the DJ
2: boat of confidence for sure. It's going to be because of that interaction. He was going to go two ways about it. He was like, maybe I should just be a secondary role player. Mm-hmm. And then after he met with you, now he's mm-hmm. like, Gosh darn it! I'm battling for the starting shooting guard position. Yep. I'm going in there. Oh no! I'm tell tell KG and management start me. No doubt else. about it. I mean, you and go. you know what? I'll just say it right now publicly. You're welcome, Zach.
1: You sir are welcome. <laughs> yes. Dunk champion didn't propel your career. That meeting in Washington State did. All right. I'm sure that somebody will mention quite a bit. Maybe he'll reach out to me on text later on in the season. <laughs> Let's look at my all sleeper team. And for point guard. Stick with me here. I have Damian Lillard. Obviously, everybody knows who Damian Lillard is, and probably a lot of people aren't necessarily sleeping on him. Mm -hmm. I think last week on the podcast, Josh – we talked about there's nobody else on his team that can score. C.J. McCollum, who, who's the guy that you're going to mention here in just a second, might be the you know the second most viable scorer on that team. Lillard is going to have the green light to do whatever he wants, and I think that he could work his way, um, one of my bold predictions, into a top-five uh, ranked fantasy player this season. Just because he, like uh, an expression you like, he has the keys keys to the car in Portland, and he's just going to have so much room. And just a green light, room to do whatever he wants. He's going to jack up so many shots. I think people are sleeping on him in the aspect that he could be a top five fantasy player this year. Do you agree with that, or think I'm a little bit twisted?
2: No, I don't. I I don't think you're a little bit twisted. I think that I don't know if he can reach top five status. I think he can definitely crack the top ten, top eight, and in terms of top five, I think he can be a top five scorer in the NBA. I won't be surprised if he bleeds the league in scoring personally because if you take a look at everybody else who is in the mix this year I um, really the only person who has like a a absolute clear path to jack 40 shots a night if they want to is James Harden on their team and maybe Anthony Davis but Anthony Davis even when he was having that beastly season that he had last season he still only averaged uh you know 24 a game and you know he was willing enough to uh you know let Ryan Anderson gets some shots. Tyreek Evans gets some shots. You know, Eric Gordon gets some shots. You never felt like he was going to play consistent. He didn't have that little sort of James Harden, Russell Westbrook runs where he just went went for forty, went for forty, went for thirty seven. You know, he his his game scoring log is is like just somewhat uneven. If you take a look at some of the monster games that, I mean, twenty four points a game is definitely nothing to sneer at, but you would just see him like every so often pop up with, like, a 19-point night or, you know, a 17-point performance uh, there as well. So I don't I don't know if he's gotten into the full best player in the game. I should be scoring 30-a-night type mentality there. So, yeah, just taking a look at some of the stretches, he had a nice r- run to finish out the season with, you know, 24 points or more. But before that, he had a 19-point game, then a 12-point game. Then he goes for 29. Then he goes for 19. Then he goes for 20 points and 20 points there again. So th- the the difference between him and Damon Lillard is – uh, Damon Lillard if if he's on fire there isn't even anybody he should really, honestly, be passing to on a cons- consistent basis. He could be putting up forty points a night, the same way where Carmelo was. It's it might be like just like a point guard version of Carmelo, um, you know, from the last two years for the New York Knicks. So I- I'm with you there as well.
1: <laughs> Let's talk about one guy that he might end up passing the ball to. He'll do it a little bit at least. Your mm-hmm. shooting guard sleeper, CJ McCollum. I yes. think that's a good pick for pretty much the same reasons why we mentioned with Lillard. They're simply in the rebuilding stage, and there's uh. Just a lot of room for people to be taking shots in Portland.
2: Yeah, you know what? And I think for the time being, it may potentially benefit C.J. McCollum that he's, um, you know, as far as the jet chart goes, slotted behind Gerald Hens- Henderson in this lineup because you know that D.M. Lowe is going to polarize a lot of the shots and be a ball dominator, so he can come off and, just, and be a really strong bench scorer uh, for them. But I think w- when you see... The you know the, the lack of overall punch that that lineup's going to have, and you know when you're looking at a front line of Myers, Leonard, and and um, you know Mason Plumlee, who I actually like and is on my list as well. Um, they're probably going to have to figure out how to get C.J. McCollum into the slam to sort of replace the the Wes Matthews, LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, Nicholas Batum portion of their offense that they lost. And you sort of see him, I mean, 25 minutes, uh, you know, just on, what, four days ago against uh, Sacramento Kings, he goes for 30, 11 for 20, 5 for 10 from deep. He can shoot it um, from everywhere, just like uh, Damon Litter. I think Damon Litter's a, a little bit of a better shooter, and he's a well-rounded player. He's no less than four assists in all four games this preseason there, so – you're gonna get super value. Make sure you go out of your way and snap him up around before you think he's actually going to be taken in your draft. C.J. McCollum is your guy this year. Uh, 121 O-rank. I'll draft him. I would draft him as early like the, as the eighth, ninth round.
1: There you go. Right, right from Josh. Uh, I pretty much am going to agree with everything you said there, Josh, um, especially in terms of where to draft him. Coming back to my team, my shooting guards, my all-sleeper team, my shooting guard, I have Gerald Green. And let me tell you why. It's a guy, obviously, that's been in the league for quite some time. He's 29 years old. He's always filled in. um, Freak athlete. The guy can hop out of the gym if you love overly used expressions. And – the last two years in Phoenix, he's, he's really performed admirably. Two years ago, he played all 82 games, averaged 28 minutes a game, Almost 16 points, 3.5 rebounds, 1.5 assists, a full steal, almost a full steal, half a block, and 2.5 three-pointers. Last year, tapered off a little bit, 74 games, 19.5 minutes with just 12 points a game. But here's the situation. Let me set the table for Gerald Green and why people are overlooking him this year. He slotted behind Dwayne Wade in the shooting guards spot. We know that Dwayne Wade can sit on the bench for extended periods of time with whatever injury might have you, right? So let's just say that Wade has to sit for 15 games in the season. The only guy that Gerald Green is going to compete for minutes with if Wade is completely out of the lineup is Justice Winslow. And maybe Justice Winslow can hit the ground running and do do good things, but if he doesn't, and it turns out he really needs some time, maybe, uh, maybe the D-League is too much of a stretch, but if he just needs time to develop, Gerald Green is going to be slotted into some big minutes if Wade comes across an injury. So I feel pretty confident taking Green with maybe one of my last few picks in standard size leagues. What do you think about that, Josh?
2: I love Gerald Green. I always felt like he just got sort of unlucky with getting tagged as a dunker only out there in Boston when he started his career. Every single time they vaulted him into the lineup out there in Phoenix, he made it rain. And he was – he. Sh- the other thing that I loved about him is he worked hard enough on his game to be a consistent three-point threat along with an absolute monster putting the ball uh, on the dribble and taking it to the rack. So I think he's should be a starter somewhere in in this league, and it's just sort of unfortunate that he keeps getting thrown into the six-man role, which he's decent and good at. But I hope that he gets an opportunity, and, that, and it's probably not going to be here – um, you know, with the Miami Heat for as long as Dwayne Wade uh, is healthy, which is an absolute question, like you mentioned. So who knows? Maybe Dwayne Wade goes out for an extended period of time again and he can get 40 games worth of starts. And you're going to feel like everybody who who took a chance on Doreen the last couple seasons are going to feel the same exact way. They're like, I got him for next nothing. I got him off the waiver wire. I drafted him towards the end of my draft. And now I've got a legit starter playing at a top 75 level. So love the pick all around.
1: Let's move it right along then. Small forward for Josh is Jeremy Grant. Not Jerian Grant, the rookie out of Notre Dame, but Jeremy Grant, probably the lesser-known Grant out in Philadelphia. Right now uh, he's, you know he plays in the forward position, and you'd have to say that he's slotted behind Nerlens
2: Noel uh, for minutes off the bench. Josh, what do you think he's going to do this year? Well, to me Jeremy Grant is an athletic freak to me. He's actually better suited for the 3 than the 4. He is big enough to to play the 4, but he's actually 6'8", but if you look at his wingspan, it's I think he's he's got like a 47-foot wingspan. So he 47
1: he, foot. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: He's so he's be sh- good. He should be <laughs> good. He should be a good <laughs> NBA player. He's going to block shots without having to travel past half court. So it's, it's, uh, amazing, but in all seriousness, he's a sleeper. Yeah. He's, (laughs) he's a sleeper for sure. Then. Yeah. So if you take a look at the depth chart right now, the reason, the main reason why he is a sleeper is because he's behind Robert Covington and he got a couple shots at some starts last season, but he was a, uh, you know, just a, a raw young player in the league who hasn't, um, really refined his game. He's been working on his outside shot. Uh, in the offseason. So that gives me some encouragement. The what I do want to see act in, in actuality happen is either him get big minutes as a six, seven, eight man in that rotation off the bench, or actually overtake the position from Robert Covington, because I think he has a little um Tracy McGrady in him Whoa. in terms of just mismatch, athletic guy who can score from inside and outside, but he has to be able to nail that outside shot. His outside shot has been wildly inconsistent in his um, you know his first full season there in Philadelphia, but he—I'm telling you right now—he is an absolute mismatch. Who will he'll palm a ball. Uh, just off the block coming off of a, like a weak side block for help and, he, and he'll and he come back and dunk with the best of them So, all right.
1: Josh I got some bones to pick with you I got two right. two things we got to get straight here okay. your love for comparing current Philadelphia 76ers to all time great NBA players is is verging out of control right now <laughs> so Jeremy Grant you just compared to Tracy McGrady last week you, you compared Jalil Okafor to Tim Duncan and veteran savviness with blocking shots n- never leaving the ground I just want to say you only get three for an entire season comparing 76 players to all time (laughs) greats you're uh, you're off to an abnormally fast start so just you know just you're fair warned there my second thing to pick with oh go ahead go ahead All right,
2: I'll just defend yourself, sir. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, We're talking about one small skill set. I didn't say he's going to the Hall of Fame like (laughs) Tim Duncan. I said he blocked a shot. Like, you know, Tim Duncan, his toes are always touching the floor when he blocks a shot. That's all I was saying with Jalilogal for. He didn't even get off the floor, and he he just put his hand up, and I was like – and the guy still blocked it. It was amazing. Now, I'm just talking about with Jeremy Grant, like – Athletic ability at the three, because you know you have different types of threes. Threes who are a little bit bigger and slow, but can you know shoot from outside, and then you have the like the, the, the sick versatile threes who probably can play two three four you know in in the league like the paul georges and lebron james and you know and the like and then i don't so i don't know where jimmy grant fits in that but he's an athletic monster does he put it all together or does he become darius miles he could be either one do do i have i even myself out here with some darius miles talk there you go. Now
1: yeah, I think it's only fair to bring in Darius Miles into this <laughs> conversation. All right, so you redeemed yourself. You're still going to be on a strict watch though. I want you to keep keep yourself uh conserved there. Um okay keep your hat on. But here's my other bone to pick with you, is I got Robert Covington as my my sleeper, small forward, and you were just talking about Grant stealing some minutes there. So okay. I think Robert Covington right now, he's a guy that if you're looking at the preset rankings on, take, take whatever website you want, if it's Yahoo, if it's ESPN, he's severely undervalued on those websites. So that what that means is when you're drafting, Pretty much everyone, especially inexperienced NBA fantasy players, um, so, so the real people like us out there, they're, they're just going to take whoever's on that first listed um, suggested rankings, right? And so Robert Covington is absolutely buried on each one of those lists. I think he should be drafted in the top 100. He does a lot of things, and he proved it last year. Uh, Josh, like you said, my only concern is that he could lose out minutes because if he goes to another NBA team, he's probably just a guy off the bench on the Sixers. He's a fantasy wonder. Last year, he almost averaged 14 points, almost five rebounds, one and a half assists, 1.4 steals, 0.4 blocks, and get this, 2.4 three-pointers. If he puts those points up again, he's easily in the top 100. And so he's my sleeper because most people don't know his name. According to Josh, though, he might, he might end up losing some minutes to Jeremy Grant. So who knows? We'll see how that situation shakes out. Um, the battle of the sleepers, I guess, huh?
2: Yeah, you know what? Here's what I think actually happens in this spot. Okay, um, I actually have Sauce Castillo, and we're going to get to him in a, in a few months. Once we get to our bench guys, so I'll put that on pause. Okay, but just to uh, unveil you unveil, uh, we're going to do some 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 Sacramento Kings history up training here, DJ. Just as just, just so you know, throughout the season, Sauce Castillo is actually Nick Stauskas, um, and he is the the way he got that nickname is epic. So um, you'll like that story, uh, but I'll, I'll press pause on that for now. If you ask me if I'm if I'm Brett Brown, OK, um, th- what I what I do is I start Jeremy Grant at the three and I start Robert Cummington at the two and I bring Sauce Castillo off the bench. Okay. Um, so that's having said that, if they leave it intact and he does what um, he's currently projected to do on, you know, according to these depth charts that are all across the league and you can check them out on RotoWire as well. Um, sauce castillo is projected to start at the two so um now we're gonna we're basically gonna have all the sixers covered between two of these three guys or maybe at least one of these three guys are going to be um from our all sleeper team are going to break out and one of us is going to be right so that's the only thing i really want to say about that before we move on there we go so moving on to power forward we'll stick with me here uh josh smith
1: Los Angeles Clippers. A lot of people probably don't even know that he moved over to Los Angeles and he's going to be playing under Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is a guy that really gets the best out of his players. I don't know how he does it, but he kind of rejuvenates careers. I don't know. Whatever he did to DeAndre Jordan really worked out well. Not saying Josh Smith is going to do anything Um you know within that realm but if you're looking at deeper leagues i think josh smith is 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 going underrated for sure so right now he's probably in that spot where he's gonna back up paul pierce at the small forward but most importantly he'll be behind blake griffin and deandre jordan if he sees i don't know if he if he ends up seeing 24 to 26 minutes a game I think he's going to be pretty valuable in deeper formats. In general, I just haven't heard any Josh Smith talk at all, so I think he's a sleeper. Someone to keep your eye on, someone who's a, is a proven commodity for points, rebounds, even assists, steals, and blocks. He shoots the three probably a little bit too much. Obviously, field goal percentage is sitting in the low 40s, and the free throw percentage is absolutely horrendous. He didn't even make it to 50% last year between Detroit and Houston. But on the overall, I think he's a sleeper, someone to keep your eye out in the later rounds of standard size league drafts. You, I think you sounded you made a case for the
2: do not draft list for Josh Smith. is what it like <laughs> like he doesn't he doesn't shoot fifty percent from three. He shoots too many threes. He's on a new team, you know. Well, if I you're just like, doing
1: counting stats, I mean, he almost is, he's almost averaged one three for the last three seasons. The thing is that he just hits everywhere. If you're looking for blocks, almost a, a block and a half on twenty-seven minutes per game last year. He just for counting stats, Josh Smith really is a good NBA player, a good NBA fantasy Fantasy NBA player, the the free throw percentage and the bonehead things that we hear in the media and even the way he acts on the court sometimes uh, as a ball hog uh, maybe makes you shy away. But if I did a blind, a blind um, stats reveal or a box score reveal and you saw those stats, I
2: think people would be enticed on average. Okay, so this is the, the way I, I look at it here. For me personally, I think what you're going to have, Josh Smith is enticing because of the, you know, the, the Production that he used to put up, but I just feel like he's just not that player anymore. If you watch some TV during NBA, you watch ESPN, what you're going to see is you're going to see one of those, you know, feed the hungry commercials. You know, send oh, a do- what, just a dollar like today. Yeah. Yeah, a day, yeah, dollar a day, and you're going to see Josh Smith in the background because there's way too many mouths to feed already in Clipperland, oh, and wow. Josh Smith is not going to be one of them. He's going to go starving.
1: That took right. a long time to develop, but it really came around strong.
2: Okay. I'm glad that you're with me here. There's, I mean, you got Chris Paul. You got, you've got uh, JJ Reddick. You got DeAndre Jordan. You got Blake Griffin. Tell me how how this guy's going to get more than 12 shots. I don't, I just don't know. I just don't see it. He's going to have to. If there's anybody that could find a way to find
1: shots when there's no shots to be found, it's Josh Smith. So that I'm, is
2: true. He's, you know what he's going to do? He's going to, like, block DeAndre Jordan at the rim and then dunk it himself. <laughs> if that happens,
1: um, that'll just be too awesome.
2: Let's keep it moving,
1: though. David Lee is your power forward. Josh, can you please explain yourself? Because if you're talking about age here, if you're complaining about age for Josh Smith and that he's seen his better days, I think that same argument applies to Mr. David Lee. He does, but you know what? He's fresh. If you
2: Wait, like, wait, how is he fresh? Just because of the last season he was on the bench so much? Yes, exactly. He's okay. got so, he was on the bench so long he got splinters in his derriere. <laughs> uh, I, said, I was like, you, if you went up to David Lee in Boston right now during a preseason game, you would feel like he just you just opened up a bag of Ziploc. He's so fresh. Okay. <laughs> this guy has I think he played three minutes in the entire playoffs. Uh, last year uh, against Cleveland, when that you know series was well out of hand, you knew the Royals were already already winning. And um, but in all seriousness, no, he's going to have a serious role. We know that Jared Saunders, uh, career underachiever, cr- I mean, probably has the biggest size shorts in the NBA for uh, among everybody. He's I, I, I don't believe the whole I'm getting in shape this year and I'm going to take it serious. You should have been doing that in college at Ohio State. I don't know how why it took you know David Lee to come on over or the you know maybe the last season of his rookie contract for him to you know uh, light a light a fire under him. But David Lee is a polished guy who can score inside and outside, and they need a solid front court presence. They got rid of Brandon Bass. You're never excited about Tyler Zeller or Amir Johnson, or I mean even Kelly Olynyk, who I have always had an affinity for, but for whatever reason, Brett Brown doesn't trust him enough to consistently play him. But I do feel like David Lee is going to be that guy who's going to be. You know, eighteen plus points with eight to ten rebounds a, ga- a game, which is super serviceable for that's, where you get to draft him.
1: That's a bold prediction. My only my only reservation for for picking David Lee or really any front court option in, in Boston is let me just lay them all out here. You have David Lee, Amir mm-hmm. Johnson, who who started in Toronto for the past few years. He's a solid solid cog in a nice NBA playoff team. Tyler Zeller, Kelly O'Linick, mm-hmm. and then. Jordan Mickey, who I believe Coach Brad Stevens actually came out today and said that Jordan Mickey was the best player on the team, so take the, take that for what you want it 's pretty much like Larry Bird saying that Miles Turner is the best shooter on their team. Anyways, it sounds like Jordan Mickey might be thrown into that rotation at all. It's just too many mouths to feed, Josh, and, and I just I don't know if there's enough room or time on the court for David Lee to average 18 and 10. It just seems like a, a big leap to me. But I mean, because I think that way, that makes him a sleeper, and so I mean, to have him on your team, of course, it makes sense. 18 and 10, you think you think you know, give give me a percentage on on if you think that's possible to attain for him. 50. It's a coin flip if he's 18, coin 10. Flip? It's probably
2: okay. more closer to like f- 15 and seven, but because they're just there's such ball shares out there in, in Boston, and you know, ne- they've never ever, they can't remember the last time they had a 20 point score since the Brad Stevens era. and It should be Isaiah Thomas, but if they continue to start Marcus Smart, I'm going to pull whatever hair that I have left out, which is not that much. And, um, you know, and scream because Isaiah Thomas should be playing 38 minutes, not 28 minutes. And just, that's probably like the 17 million time I've ranted ab- about this. But if you get into the, if, if that's what, if that's the case, that actually probably helps David Lee's case. If you are going to put Marcus Smart on the floor, who, you know, is going to have to bring a can of orange paint with him if he's going to continue to shoot from outside. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how that ends up happening. All right.
1: So I already said Josh Smith. You just said David Lee. We're moving into the final players of our all sleeper team here on this RotoWire fantasy MB- or Roto-Wire fantasy basketball podcast. My center is Jordan Hill. So right now I just mentioned Miles Turner. Apparently Larry Bird thinks that Miles Turner is the best shooter on the Indiana Pacers. That is totally infactual. It's not factual at all. There's no way that's true. I think he's either trying to aggravate the other players on his team or something else. Right now, Jan Mihimi is a projected starter for the Pacers. I just don't think that's sustainable throughout the course of the season. Me and Nick debated for about five minutes on yesterday's podcast about that. So to just sum it up, Jordan Hill is, really didn't perform that poorly last year in Los Angeles for the Lakers. This year, if he's seeing somewhere close to 26 minutes, I think he's going to be valuable in deeper leagues. I'll just drop his stat line from last year. Last year, he played 70 games. He averaged 27 minutes, 12 points, almost eight rebounds, one and a half assists, half a steal, 0.7 blocks. And perhaps more importantly, he shot 46% from the field. Obviously, that's not great, but w- more so what I meant is he shoot se- he shot 74% from the free throw line. If Jordan Hill is playing 27 minutes like he did last year, he's a guy I'm going to want to target in pretty much every single league because everybody's looking at this Miles Turner kid who's been a labeled project, and he might not even see that much time on the court this year if Jordan Hill and Ian Mahimi can can handle the load at center, uh, the both of them.
2: Yeah, you know what? I actually think that Mahimi is going to be the guy sitting on the sidelines when it's all said and done. And You're going to see a Miles Turner, Jordan Hill front court, and it really doesn't matter who plays the four or the five. It probably makes a little bit more sense for Jordan Hill, me personally, to be starting at the four because I think he's just a little bit undersized as a center. He's not a uh, a super great defender at the rim, but he is super scrappy and will rebound a ton. So that sounds more more like a serviceable four than a five to me but either way he's we don't care about that all we care that he's center center eligible in fantasy and that makes for a good sleeper in that spot so for me i'm going with frank the tank because i don't want to name names but somebody wasn't an exact fan of the robin lopez experience i think he feels more like he's a you know a sideshow bob simpsons type than an actual legit threat at the NBA center position. I I have a feeling
1: I know who you're talking about, and I wasn't necessarily clowning on on Lopez. I think I was just tempering your expectations because you were super high on
2: them. I was pouring cold water on your expectations of Mr. Lopez. I mean, you didn't like that I compared him to, like, Bob Lanier and David Robinson and, you know, all the other... All the all-time greats. Yes, of history. So, we're not going to go there. We're going to go with Frank the Tank, rookie, um, who I believe looks like he's going to get center eligibility, as far as I can tell, which, to me, doesn't exactly make sense. I know that maybe makes sense for college, but, I mean, if if you see what's happening here, you know... Uh, Al Jefferson is the man in the middle. So, what's probably going to happen at some point, depending on, you know, how Yahoo does all their. Um, you know, qualifications. Frank the Tank is going to get forward eligibility along with center, so that's going to be great. That's going to be useful for you. So if you maybe think about drafting him at the center position and plan on being able to use him in both uh, on Yahoo, I don't know where he is in terms of the eligibility of the ESPN, but uh, I just have that for reference. Having said that, I like the fact that we're talking about a stretch four, maybe a cheapy Ryan Anderson type uh, that will rebound inside. Is a, is a is a decent passer? I'll come up with eleven rebounds. Uh, in 27 minutes against Miami, who has a pretty decent front line out there. I don't know how many minutes Bosch and Whiteside played, but that's more than holding your own out there. And he um, has hit four of seven from three in preseason. I know this is the smallest sample of all time, but it's literally all we have to go on here in the preseason. And we're talking about a flyer to a, a, a rookie that you can more, more than likely get past the 10th round. If you have to pay above the 10th, you know, earlier than the 10th round for him, I don't necessarily like it. So. Um, just a guy that I, I think is going to be useful, serviceable for some for some threes at the center position. And I, one thing I always like with my centers is a guy who's not going to kill you at the free throw line. I, I strictly – I have a no-tolerance policy for bad free throw shooters – Uh, especially in rotisserie leagues in the NBA. And you definitely don't have that with Frank Kaminsky, who we know can shoot quite well. So uh, not super exciting, but probably more upside than people are, are planning with him. You've seen what's been happening the last few years with failed forward after failed forward being drafted in in Charlotte with Bismack Biombo and Cody Zeller, Kaminsky is not that. He's a much more polished player and a better score, which you're going to like in your fantasy leagues.
1: I talked at length about Frank Kaminsky yesterday on yesterday's podcast with Nick Whalen, so if you want to find out my thoughts, feel free to download it there. I will give you a little teaser. I did tell an amazing story that involved my girlfriend's mom, a cafe barista, the town of Charlotte. And Frank Kamitsky. So if you want to find that out, go ahead and listen to the last five minutes of yesterday's podcast. But as for now, fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting. Week six, DraftKings will be hosting yet another Millionaire Maker event with $1.2 million going to first place. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOWIRE to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. That's promo code ROTOWIRE for a free entry now with your first deposit on DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Moving on, Josh, to our Do Not Draft list, a.k.a., as you have put it, the all AARP team. I'll just go ahead and let you break down your entire team because it's a thing of beauty, this AARP team.
2: Right. I mean, so if you aren't very close to collecting Social Security, you do not qualify for this team. I'm just going to let you know, with the exception of Ricky Rubio, who I will make an exception for any any time possible for people to not draft that guy uh, because t- to me, in terms of NBAs, Point guards, it's a different scenario. Fantasy point guards, to me, like I've mentioned time and time again, I just never want anything to do with him for a myriad of reasons. So Tony Parker, 704 years old. Uh, What does he have? Four NBA championships, five NBA championships. Great player. Great, um, you know, probably going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, Significantly... um, Trending downwards in terms of minutes production. They, if you've seen what they've done at the point guard rotation, they've they've done the uh, Patty Mills, Corey Joseph, Tony Parker, three man-headed monster at the point guard position to sort of keep him healthy, and he still got injured last season. So, um, don't I don't expect it to be uh, any different this year. It's just instead of Corey Joseph, it's going to be um Ray McCallum in that three man mix. So, uh, Dwayne Wade, another guy who's would see the thing that happens here with this ARP team and a common theme it's guys who have such brand name recognition that people always fall into the trap too i always can't wait to see it's like um it's like watching macgyver with a ticking time bomb like how many minutes is it going to take for somebody to fall into the Dwayne wade trap in the top 50 you know you just see like the dynamite stick lighting and it's gonna boom round three pick you know 34 overall somebody did it they took Dwayne wade <laughs> I feel I feel bad for that team. That team lost. So that's me with Dwayne Wade. I don't want to mess with them. Every year that he gets older, that knee, degenerative knee issue, has to get worse, and all the more reason for us to pick on guys like like you mentioned here, in Jalen Green. i would much rather be on that side. Kobe Bryant, uh, lo- another guy, Hall of Famer. I honestly think that you're you're going to see him either get injured at some point during the season once again, or he's going to be monitored. So you know. F- um, closely in terms of minutes, that you're not going to really like it. At least at the beginning of the season, you know, with him playing like 23, 25, 28 minutes, and um, it, it, to me, he's just like if you saw what was happening to him last season as he was struggling through a terrible Laker team. And this team is not a ton better. It is better, but not a ton better. Um, you, you could just see it was just all on him, and he was shooting like at Allen Iverson levels in terms of field goal percentage, and not and and not in a good way. So there. I, he's going to be over relying on his jumper because he can't score from off the dribble anymore. And it's not somebody between that and the health issues that I really want to mess around with. Uh, Dirk Davitsky, um, once again, uh, Mark Cuban and Riccardo have said they're going to cut his minutes even further. And he's actually talked about potentially coming off the bench if they got LaMarcus Aldridge. So that should tell you everything you need to know about him. He actually performed quite well in terms of overall averages, which is going to make him, um, to me, Somebody that looks good and is going to be definitely overdrafted coming into Dallas fans will be like, I got to take my boy. You know, I
1: I got, I've had, I've had Nowitzki for five years. I got to keep it running.
2: Oh, yeah. This is the year. One last championship. I got to be in, you know. So, no, no, thank you on Dirk Nowitzki. And then Tim Duncan, we talked about this. Uh, I, they to me he's an interchangeable piece with the Marcus Aldridge he doesn't have to the fact that they have a Marcus Aldridge means that they can take even even um you know more pressure off of him in the front court and rest him even more uh throughout the season so he keeps defying the odds and keeps becoming fantasy relevant I don't know how I just don't want to be involved so and then I'll just sort of save the bench so you can get into the mix with yours
1: yep yeah let me step in here and just say that I completely agree agree with you Josh on everything you just said um now if you listened to me yesterday and if you listened to the first few podcasts we've done so far here, you know that I I really don't draft rookies. I don't approach rookies under any circumstances because I think over the long run, if you consistently avoid rookies from year to year, you're going to end out on top based on how many busts there are out there for the rookie class. Same thing pretty much with all the players you just mentioned. Maybe, I think we talked about this last week too, Josh, I'm actually going to play a little defense, and I know this is kind of crazy and we're really getting into some scheming on draft night, but Parker, Wade, Bryant, Nowitzki, Nowitzki and Duncan are all guys that are going to be drafted too high for people that really aren't uh, up to the know in fantasy, and so if you've got a few guys like that in your league, they're going to be drafting players they know. They're going to draft them too high, so not only maybe are you avoiding a situation where their minutes are going to be eased off throughout the season, but you're, you're playing defense. So another. Team Team in your league is wasting a spot on a well known guy that's really not that valuable where he's drafted. And so, with that being said, of course, they said all my rookies I usually shy away from. Big name players who are their minutes are waning. You just went over that, Josh. Completely agree. I'm going to throw two more categories in there um, for me personally that I my, on my personal do not draft list, and then we'll let you get to your bench and then we'll put a nice bow on this podcast. So, You just talked about a little bit earlier. I'm sticking away from every single Charlotte power forward there are just too many there in the mix yeah I like Frank Kaminsky he played a whole lot right behind me in our office here I pretty much watched every single Wisconsin home game throughout his Wisconsin career because we were both freshmen and graduated last year together last year in the spring however I'm staying away from him I'm staying away from Cody Zeller I'm staying away from Marvin Williams Spencer Haas and yes Tyler Hansborough who knows how that could all work out I don't really see one really dominating the other. If there were one to come out on top, Um, and and really steal away the most minutes. I think it would be Kaminsky, just because we don't know what he has. The rest of the guys, it's all too muddled for for me. I'm going to go elsewhere. Same exact situation with the Dallas centers. And Josh, if you want to step in here, I'll let you, let me just give my spiel here. It's just, there's just too many and they could all share time. I really can't discern which one is going to come out on top to begin the season, much less three quarters of the way through the season or at the end of the season. So you have Zaza Pachulia, Samuel D'Alembert and JaVale McGee I could see McGee starting by the end of the season and I could see all three of these guys starting what 30 games each um, throughout the course of the season so all rookies all Charlotte power forwards and all Dallas centers are people that are on my do not draft list Josh you have a bench of your AARP team that you'd like to get to right
2: um actually the bench is for the um all sleeper team so i'll wrap back to that oh, here oh okay sorry about oh that. you know what i, I actually no i, I have <laughs> it's both. so hard to tell you know what i actually have both i forgot i have both but really quickly to get back to your dallas centers um i have to tell you personally i think you're crazy i'm gonna have i'm drafting down Pachulia, yeah. and um who's the third guy i McGee. can't even think of. mcgee, McGee. Oh, yeah javel mcgee um in the first second and mm-hmm. third round Oh, every there you draft. Go. Okay, and so, so you'll I'm definitely f- get one that's gonna play the most minutes. You'll definitely yes. be locked up there. I, who cares about, I mean, Demarcus Cousins? Come on. Samuel Dallenberger, first round. All right. And what I'm going to do is in the fourth round, I'm backing up with Eric Dampier yes. and Sean Bradley in the fifth, just in case mm-hmm. either of one of them comes out of retirement. If there's some injury issues, then we have some former Dallas Hall of Fame centers to back them up with. So there you go. That's, there's Draft Strategy 101 from Josh Hayes. You can find right. Josh on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS. <laughs> send all your complaints and questions to me about my uh Dallas Center love or lack thereof. Yeah, but in all seriousness, I think that's, that makes a ton of sense. All those positions in, and along with the rookies with a few exceptions have been largely unproductive. So I'm with you um 100%. Before I get into my um my bench for the AARP team, I just want to quickly um hit my um all sleeper team bench really quick. Uh you were you asked about Jack Lantern? That there's a J in front of Jack Lantern, so it's Jared Jack. Oh, so we're going Jared I Jarrett Jack-O-Lantern is going to be his name on the show going forward. Get him. He's People sort of slept on the fact that Darren Williams isn't out there in Brooklyn. And, you know, you, you have backup numbers uh, from 2014 that sh- that um, are d- going to definitely take a step up uh, for the Brooklyn Nets in 2015 with him um, at the controls. So I love Jarrett Jack. Mason Plumley Plumlee, is, uh, he needs to redeem himself from a terrible slam dunk performance there um, out there in Brooklyn a couple years back. And he is now the looks like the projected starting center for Portland. I think he is a a smart double double guy. You can sort of slot him in the way in the same way that uh, Robin Lopez was there. But you can get him like at the very end of your draft, like the last pick. Even if you've had your draft for some reason already, you can waiver claim him. He'll be useful and he won't hurt you anywhere. As uh, a guy who can, uh, he's a sneaky scorer. Is um, you know athletic will block a shot and um has a, just a nice little you know duke post repertoire that's uh should be interesting for you in some of your fancy things i like him better than guys like omar sheik and and some of the other more popular options that are going to be overdrafted uh and the last guy i want to talk about we have to talk about sauce castillo now the only reason he really makes this list is because he's projected to be the starting two guard and he is a guy who could definitely make it rain from three he's a smart basketball player he'll come up with some sneaky assists and stuff like that he's a total defensive liability but that doesn't really matter for the 76ers they don't they're not really interested in being good i think they want the next five number ones for the next five years and then we'll talk about you know how good they are in 2020 uh, but the way he actually got his nickname is somebody was watching the Sacramento Kings on closed caption and um, nick Stauskas scored a basket or or had an assist i think and they and the the caption said sauce castillo with the assist <laughs> yes. <So. laughs> okay. That's awesome. I'm glad you educated
1: the masses because I, I think I, I have heard that nickname, but I guess I didn't actually know the origin of it. Yes. And Sauce Castillo just is pretty much the opposite of what you'd think Stouskis Staus- would, S- um, would get as a nickname. So, um,
2: yeah. So he got like a, a local hot sauce sponsorship after did that. He really? People started showing up in um, what do you call those? It looks like you're wearing a rug, but it's cut through the middle and you know oh, gosh. ponchos um, or ponchos, whatever yep. yeah and and like you know um, big hats that you would get from Chevy's if you order a margarita and stuff <laughs> like that it was like <laughs> it was a it was an entire movement in Sacramento because you know that season was lost well so, his,
1: yeah you know why I don't know is because nobody's watching Sacramento in the second half of the
2: season and I'm especially <laughs> not watching for Stauskas nobody's watching the first half of the season they're just watching it to, they check the stat line to see what the Marcus cousins or Rudy Gay did on their fantasy team and that's really it so I'm probably 50% of the west coast sacramento tv market and i'm fine with that
1: so, all right but um i think yeah. uh i think if you don't mind josh we'll go ahead and leave it there we'll go out <laughs> on top with your with your classic sacramento kings fandom uh yes. anything that you want to add let's put a bow on this do not draft list and mm-hmm. your are all
2: sleeper team anything you last any lasting words don't draft White Howard, don't draft Ricky Rubio, don't draft David West. David West is a backup who took $10 million to um, squirt Gatorade into Tim Duncan and Lamarcus Aldridge's mouth and win a championship. So there you have it.
1: Thanks so much for joining us tomorrow. Nick Whalen and James Anderson will be back for their Thursday edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Me and Josh, will see you next week. Thanks.
0: They're going to kill the love of my life Casey! if I don't go back to what I was doing this Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal a truck. Bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous?
2: Of course it's dangerous!
0: Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?